Are you ready to question everything you know about money and success? I set out to build a healthy relationship with money, but along the way, realized that no money issue is actually about money. Join me as I break down my old beliefs and learn what's really true. I'm Noe Kalfa, and this is the 90 Day Money Challenge. It's day 84 of my 90 day money challenge where I'm questioning all of my beliefs about money to come into a peaceful, harmonious relationship with money. And today's belief is I need to be the best. I need to be the best to succeed. I need to be the best to make money. I need to be the best to get new followers. I need to be the best to even let myself feel confident. I have to definitively be the best. Right? If you've ever had some version of this thought, whether it's the best, the funniest, the smartest, the most creative, let's dive in and really take a look at this belief. Right? So I'm thinking about my business. I'm thinking about the competition. I'm thinking about um, all of that needing to be smarter and better and ahead of the game and more creative. Right, So that's what I'm looking at when I'm questioning this belief. So let's go in. Question number one of the work of Byron Katie is, I need to be the best. Is it true? Is it true that we need to be the best in order to succeed, in order to be peaceful, in order to finally relax? So when I went in and asked myself, do I need to be the best? Is that really true? What I came to was an image of back when I did my first business and marketing workshop, I put so much pressure on myself to be the best and deliver the absolute best material that I created a hundred page workbook and gave myself, gave five two-hour workshops over a single weekend and it was a lot of work and people at the workshop were pretty overwhelmed by the uh, the workbook itself and I think uh, I feel uh, happy that some of those clients continued to be my clients over the years but I I can't even imagine now looking back how overwhelming it must have been to receive this 100-page workbook when you're at a workshop to learn some marketing skills and kind of take a dive with your business. So I need to be the best to succeed. What I actually saw is that my pressure to be the best and create the absolute most perfect thing totally derailed me from what was actually helpful, which was to show up and like really be with these people and their businesses. Right? They didn't want this 100-page workbook. They wanted to workshop their business right there. So no, it's not true that I need to be the best. Right? I realized over the years I had to rein it in a little bit and really deliver something that is more uniquely me. Right? That's what people resonate with more than whether I'm the best or not. But when I'm believing I need to be the best, what happens? Right? How do you react when you think you have to be the funniest, you have to be the smartest? What happens? Get specific here. This is where the gold is. So first thing I notice is I feel stressed and I feel pressure as if it's coming from the outside 
from other people, from clients, from peers, from critics. Not that I have any critics or know that I have any critics, but this pressure that I need to be the best and I need to prove it to them. Right? I need to prove to them and really them is my dad in the end. Right? My dad who was the best, who at least says he was the best. Right? He's the best in his college. He's he's sort of he works in the the sort of top tower of Trinity College in Cambridge, which is basically the Harvard of England. And he is very, very smart and his work is very particular and very well respected in his field. He's sort of top of his field. And uh but I remember growing up with that and it always seemed like he knew everything. He always had an answer to a problem. He was the best. And so I have to be the best. I have to be like him, right? And when I go into that place, my body gets tight. I feel the adrenaline. I feel the pressure. And I also feel the dauntedness of how impossible it is to be the absolute best and how to even measure whether I'm the best. Does it mean I'm the best in math? Does it mean I'm the best in uh, writing? Does it mean that there's somebody who's telling me I'm the best, right? How do I know that I'm the best? What body of what work, what organization is telling me that I'm the best or what person knows that I'm the best and then are they better than me? So all of a sudden it gets very confusing and I kind of go foggy and I, there's this pressure, but then I also don't know what to do. I have all this motivation, but I'm confused about what direction to go in with all of that motivation which is a faint fear response. It's actually a fear response that's happening, right? The fear comes up the body and then that going kind of blank, not knowing what to do, that's a fear response. And in that fear response, I see everybody as competition, right? I need to be smarter than them. I need to be funnier than them. I need to be more unique than them. I need to be more creative than them. I need to be better at sales than them. I need to be better at marketing than them. Everybody becomes competition. And then I become addicted to the results and to the clicks and the likes and the sales and the numbers, right? Become hyper data driven, right? Overly data driven so that I'm not actually paying attention to intuition. I'm not actually paying attention to connection with people. And in that, I don't actually experience happiness, no matter what the results are, whether they're really good or whether they're really bad. I feel this kind of hollow endless need to continue and continue to be the best right the only thing that remains is competition the only thing that remains is the struggle to be the best the fighting the proving and that's the world that i live in when i believe that i need to be the best it's a world of struggle and fighting and when i look at the past i see that i struggled my way into math and physics right which i have a, a minor in uh, that I studied in college, and I struggled my way in. I pushed my way in, right? And I, I went to school for computer science and physics, and, and it was this pushing, this incredible effort, right? I applied to the computer science department at UW three times before I got in, and I always felt like I was stupid because I was had this incredible pressure, and I didn't I wasn't able to relax and learn through a sense of enjoyment, through a sense of 
play or creativity. I wasn't able to connect with people. It was this competition with all of the other students from, I don't even know when, probably fourth grade or fifth grade, maybe maybe sixth grade, I don't know. But from then all the way through college and then after college at Microsoft, it was a competition. And then when I left Microsoft, it was a competition against other business owners to have the best business or to figure it out the fastest. That whole thing is just a cycle of fighting and burnout, right? And even if I imagine in the future myself as the, the best, the most famous, the smartest, the most well-respected, the, you know, winning awards and all of that, there's still the endlessness that is there's always somebody better. There's never... Uh, there's no, there's nothing that I could possibly achieve that would end that journey. So it can't possibly be about the journey to be the best. And one layer or even around that is that I grew up being really shy and had lots of social anxiety. And so then I shame myself whenever I feel that come up. And that is part of the faint response of the pressure that I put on myself, right? That It's that same fear response, you know, that kind of going blank or not knowing what to say or do. That's kind of that experience of shyness um, that is a fear response that comes from this pressure that I should be something in this moment. I should be this or I should be that, and yet... I find myself not being that or not knowing how to be that, and then I go blank, and then I feel shame, and then I beat myself up whenever I fail, and I see everything as a failure rather than as a learning opportunity or a growth chance or something, you know, anything that I don't do well, I take as a way to beat myself up and make myself feel worse rather than a chance to get feedback and learn how to do something better, right? So it's, it's like you're either growing or you're setting yourself into, a, into a more and more into the bunker that is the I'm bad story, right? It's like we just feel worse. We feel like the world is worse. We keep like cementing layers onto that or we keep growing and flourishing and flowering and blossoming and, you know, failing at one thing, you know, one flower dies and then you learn how to make another flower, right? You learn how to water plants better, right? Every failure leads to another success without the thought that we need to be the best. So let's take a look at all of the experience without the thought. We just did this deep dive into what happens when we believe that we need to be the best. So who would I be and what would I experience free of the belief that I need to be the best? When I went there, I had to sit with it for a while. And what I saw is that real success to me has always been moments of connection with people. It's always been great business coaching sessions with clients, right? Where they make a breakthrough or I get to follow up with them on work that we've done and get to see how successful they've become or what's really been working. Those are moments of real success for me that feel full. 
moments that are all about numbers feel very hollow because there's nobody to share that with. It's just a number. Right? And the number itself doesn't actually carry any emotion with it. It's not actually going to fulfill my emotional body, which is what is panicking with this need to be the best. And I'm just getting a number in response. You know, I got this many followers, I that many downloads, this many clicks, that much money. And that number is just a thought. It's not an actual experience. And so so there's no way that kind of success, that kind of measurement could ever be fulfilling. And when I'm free of needing to be the best or even wanting to be the best, what I see is that I'm I'm now free to be me. And I can start to discover me, right? Because me isn't just a fixed thing that's done and, well, I already know who I am and then that's the end of the story. Me is a continual exploration of learning and deepening and being more creative and finding out what is inside of this brain and this body that wants to emerge, that wants to express itself. There's always some beautiful new creative thing coming through if I'm listening, if I'm available for that. And I would be free, if I'm free of the thought I need to be the best, then I'm free of needing to be like anybody else. I'm even free of needing to be like anybody who's been uniquely successful, as if that was even possible, right? I'm free of needing to be like my dad, my parents. I'm free of needing to be like my older sister. I'm free of needing to be like other friends. I'm free of needing to be like any colleagues who are successful. I'm free to be the most me that I can be, which is the most joy that I can experience. And I've also received over the years, almost all of the feedback I've received about what people appreciate most about the work that I do is the uniqueness of my approach. It's not that I'm the best or the most knowledgeable or the you know, the absolute, uh, you know, definitive, highest rated, uh, you know, numerically impressive person. It's that I was really connected and heart-centered and the the approach, the unique approach and the, the way that I teach and the way that I connect, you know, wellness into the business world, the way that I... Uh, and playful in my teaching approach, the way that I believe in freeing ourselves from stress rather than hustling. Right? All that whole approach is why people want to work with me. It's not because I'm the best and can magically secure them with uh, you know a hundred new clients and ten thousand dollars more in revenue a month and all of that. You know, all of the logistics of what I do is important. But that's not the reason people choose me over somebody else, right? I don't have to be the best. That's not what's going to sway people's minds based on what people, what my own clients have told me. So let's go into the turnarounds here. I need to be the best turns around into I don't need to be the best. So how is this true? Well, the first thing is that I'm already running a profitable business right now, whether or not I'm the best. It doesn't matter if I'm the best or not. Whatever I'm doing is working. Another example is that I'm already connected to wonderful people and I keep connecting to more and more people often and usually without 
trying to be the best or trying to connect in a in a pressureful way, right? Nobody wants to meet somebody in one of those kind of business card exchange uh, sessions where you feel like you're supposed to do something or you're supposed to be something or somebody, right? That's not a, a genuine way to meet people and to expand and to have joyful connections and clients and relationships and uh, and and collaborators and partnerships. The actual way to do that is to spend time connecting and making friends and um, and supporting other people, letting them support you, right? And I have all of that already. It's going really well. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to be something other than what I am. And finally, I don't need the pressure and the stress and the hollow victory of being the best, of of having numbers thrown at me uh, that are you know great numbers. I don't need that in order to be fulfilled. In fact, all of that stuff following the numbers just makes me more stressed. It just brings me into this addiction cycle. It just brings me closer to burnout. That's not what I actually need. It's not like I'm going to turn away from the numbers and not use a data-driven approach to what I do, but it means that that's not the point. That's just a tool. It's one tool, right? Intuition is another tool, right? These are just, uh, you know, on the tool belt, they're not the goal, the ultimate. Uh, it's, it's meaningless as a goal. All right, I need to be the best. Another turnaround is I need to be the worst. How could this be true? Well, in order for me to really succeed in the long term, I need to be the worst. I need to fail often, and I need to learn how to be totally okay with failure to the point where a failure and a success does not matter to me because I am focused on this larger picture, and I'm continuing to explore and learn and grow. So I need to be the worst in order to succeed. Another example of how I need to be the worst is that I need to, I needed to be the worst, at least I needed to feel like I was the worst when I was at Microsoft in order to encourage me to leave. And this is something that uh, I, I love from the Harry Potter and the Sacred Text podcast is that both Casper Turkile and, and Vanessa Zoltan are very much on the team of quit early, quit ahead, when you, right, rather than pushing yourself through an experience. And it was that that let me leave Microsoft that let me then finally start my own thing, which is what I really want to be doing in my life and what I've really loved doing for all these years. But it wasn't until I really felt like, wow, I don't feel like I'm that great. I mean, people are telling me that the work I'm doing is great, but I I feel the worst. I feel like, I don't know, you know, it's not going well, or I'm not enjoying myself, or the, uh, you know, I'm not doing as much as these other people. It took me going to being the worst to finally realize that, oh, I'm not bad. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with the job. It's just that it's not a good fit. So sometimes I need to be the worst in order to make a really good decision to set me up for great success. All right, last example here is that I need to be the worst at playing the hustle game 
in order to free myself and actually be able to run a sustainable, loving business. I need to be free of our whole culture's pressure by being the worst. I need to not play the game, which is quote unquote losing that game in order to get out of it and play my own game, right? And win at my own game of being more and more me, more and more unique, which is what success really is, right? If anybody's paying close attention, right? All of the the intense number-driven madness is really not what success is actually about. It's, It's the image, the facade of success. And everybody really knows that, but nobody is really talking about it. All right, so I'm going to leave it there for today. Keep going in, questioning these thoughts. Turns out we don't have to be the best. In fact, sometimes it's time to be the worst. All right, I'll leave it there and see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the 90 Day Money Challenge. All episodes are available in video form with me, Noe Kalfa, waving my arms and wearing spiffy new outfits every day. You can access these videos and join the conversation by following at Noe Kalfa on Instagram. This podcast is a production of Worth the Journey, with editing help from Simone Sanz and art by Malcolm Rene Ribot. Worth the Journey is the business and marketing agency I created, where you can find everything you need to launch and grow your heart-centered business, from virtual assistance to business coaching to website and graphic design. Our team is seriously amazing. You've got to check us out at worththejourney.com. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.